And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Disney won't stop. Hope Molinex and Chris Honeywell have finished Clone Wars twice and Rebels once. Now they move on to Resistance and beyond. I'm Gene Gene, the MC Machine, and this is J-Guys and Jedi. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of Star Wars Resistance. In this episode, when out on a routine training exercise, a distress signal sends Kaz and Poe to a damaged ship with a strange life forms on board, there will be Spolacious Krom droid drama and pirate mom makes a full interest into the series we're talking about signal from sector six this week how you doing Chris? i called him roid rageous crumb so the reason i said to oh actually it's in my background notes of why i call him swalacious crumb uh, because it actually was a fandom thing like everybody was like whoa swalacious crumb. yeah he's he's swole all right mm-hmm. that's the name that the fandom gave him and I think, um, oh, I can't even, someone from Lucasfilm, I don't even remember who it is, but they were like, yes, that is now his new name. <laughs> Good job, fandom. <laughs> so it's like his unofficial name is Swalacious Crow. Um, uh, happy National Pizza Day, Chris. I had, an, I had some Pizza Hut for lunch. It was delicious. I didn't have, my pizza day is, my pizza day is tomorrow. Tomorrow's my first day back at work. I always have Tuesdays off, so on on Wednesday they have a a special at the pizzeria across the street, and that's how I pay my ride. Oh, cool! It's, it's a pizza special, so every Wednesday is pizza day at work. Oh, nice! Yeah, I uh, I've been actually like weirdly craving pizza a lot lately. What and kind I was of like, pizza did you have? Huh? What kind of pizza did you have? I had a personal pan pizza because there's something just like super nostalgic from like the nineties. Like, when like we... delivered or or like a frozen pizza or delivered. No, I had it delivered. From, I had it delivered. From like a pizzeria from Pizza Hut. Oh, I pizza said Pizza Hut. Hut. I said Pizza, pizza Hut. Hut personal pan pizza sounds pretty yummy. Yeah, and they're really like um, nostalgic too because I used to do like in, when I was in elementary school they would have those like reading challenges and if you read so many books you got like mm-hmm. a free Pizza Hut coupon. Oh yeah, as a matter of fact, I've got like now now mind you these aren't mine. I long since lost my I used to I used to rack those things up as a kid cuz I was like they had a contest once at the local library like in the it wasn't a con Okay, I'd say it was a contest because I took it as a contest, but it was like, see how many books you can read over the summer. And I was just like, oh, boy. <laughs> book it, that's what it's called. It's called Book It. Yeah, I have I have about four or five Book It um, uh, pins hanging on my pin wall right now. One of them is actually uh, lenticular, so it's one of those ones where you tip it. And it and it just says it has the book and then when you tip it it says book it. Oh cool. I used to yeah. get the ones that um 
would like you would get the stickers and once like it was a big pin like like easily it had to be like a three inch pin and every time you read one they would stick a little sticker on it and once you filled it up you would take the pin to the thing and then you'd be like here's my sticker and like every year um they would change the pin yeah pizza pizza huts that 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 pizza hut's long gone hope long Mm -hmm. gone the days of the pizza hut salad bar Oh, going in oh. and playing the jukebox and the and video games or yeah they, they, they would just have like one sit down like pac-man or something there but there'd always be a jukebox it was just like the bir- it was like the birthday party for kids that wasn't like going full chucky e. i think chucky e. cheese pretty much polished off that and then you i just i always remember the lights the light fixtures that were above and what are those called they're they're not stained glass, but you know what I'm talking about. Well, right? they were the tif- fake stained glass. They were sort of Tiffany? like Tiffany lamps. Yeah, but they were somewhere between Tiffany glass and like a bar or a pool table light. You know, they were. Yeah. They were. They were that sort of 20s style. You know. Yeah. Very 70s. Yeah. That was sort they of would like say Pizza Hut. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm just googling all this and reminiscing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I just like googled one and I was like, yep, there it is. That thing right there. Yep, there's my childhood. Just googled uh, Tiffany Lance Pizza Hut and I'm looking right at it. That's my childhood. <laughs> I, I always asked my like my mom and I was like, can I have one of those? And she was like, no, it belongs to the restaurant. I was like, but I want it. <laughs> so yeah. Well, what did you think of this episode? I liked it. I have a question if if my memory is because I'm old, so I don't. Okay, so I I was getting this mixed up with either another episode of as I started watching it as either a a later like a episode in the near future of Resistance or maybe a Rebels episode. But uh, because I was like, oh, this is this is sort of an outlier episode because it's just sort of weird because it's a you know get Kaz off the, off the, off the, you know, off the base episode. And so much of this show takes place on the base. So it was just a weird little, you know, okay, we got, we got um, Poe in the, in the mix. So we were going to do this, you know, little side adventure, but am I, I, am I remembering wrong but isn't there a later episode that's almost like this where they go fly out and they find sort of star killer base parts yeah they did yeah okay so that is coming up okay so i did remember that right so i was getting that mixed up with this at the beginning of it when i was watching it like my thing with the other episode is like they're both of those episodes are perfectly fine but they're pretty much the same plot they're sort of the same thing they're just sort of an adventure with poe in, the, uh, the through, through hallways. Though, <laughs> yeah. The difference is, though, like, this brings Sonara into the mix. This is yes. uh, yeah, Sonara's yeah. entrance into the show. And, and that's why, like, this one's different. And I think the other one has... The other one, I think, has Phasma in it. I was about to say, yeah, it has Phasma. I think that is the Phasma. The last Phasma episode? No, there might the be last one last Phasma. Phasma. That's the big Phasma episode. That's the one, I think, if I remember correctly, that she's in the most. Um, where she's, you know, pretty much there the Which entire Which means not an awful lot, yeah. <laughs> more than the Force Awakens? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just more there. But I still have hopes that one day Phasma will come back. 
If, if, Boba, Fett, come... if Boba Fett could come back, Phasma could come back. Um, if Maul can come back, anyone right. can come back. Right, right. <laughs> he so, comes yeah. back with fucking spider legs. Ooh. Me and Megan were joking about how, like, Are after... you kidding me? You, you don't think that actress would be, like, totally 100,000% down with it? She totally would. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like Disney has burned some of the sequel trilogy actors hard. So I don't I don't know. I don't know. Actors are our actors are a fickle breed. They'll get mad. But if you go like, here's some millions of dollars and you have the you're the star of the show because everybody was mad and now you're wonderful. We're sorry that that you can you can do it. You can do it. But um. Yeah, what I was gonna say. What agents are for Disney? I was saying something and I forgot what I was gonna say. What was I saying? Oh, it's not important. Oh, well, it's fine. Cosmo um, related? Was... No, it was it was about what we were talking about before. You oh, the, two, the other show? The it, other episode that was like this one? Okay. I think it was something with Maul. Our our discussion about Maul. Oh, oh. <laughs> So, anyway, you ready? I'm ready. All right. <clears throat> Signal from Sector Six is the seventh episode. Wow, that's a lot of S's. <laughs> I was just, I was just thinking the same thing. I'm like, I wonder if she did that on purpose. Nope, I did not. You didn't even get to Star Wars. Star Wars Rebel Resistance. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna try this again. I'm gonna... Signal from Sector Six is the. It's seventh a super episode. spooky seventh episode. <laughs> All right, I'm going to see if I can do this in one go. Here we go. Let's try it. This is fun. Here you go, everyone. Here's your tongue twister for the day. Signal from Sector 6 is the seventh episode of Star Wars Resistance. Woo! And it aired on November 11th, 2018. I can't believe after saying all those S's, I fuck up November 11th. <laughs> It aired on November 11, 2018. It was written by Brandon Allman and directed by Sergio Paez. Some extra information for you. Apparently, Dave Filoni voiced some of the Kowakian monkey lizards, along with David Accord and Matthew Wood. And I just love that Dave Filoni was in there cackling like a madman to be lizards. Monkey lizards, that is. According to Amy Beth Christensen, the series art director, the design of the Quackian ape lizard was based on the idea that if monkey lizards were the howler, howler monkeys of Kowak, then the Quackian ape lizards would be the gorillas. Using that as an inspiration, the ape lizard ended up with short hind legs with most of the power coming from the huge, long, clawed forearms. Its facial features were meant to capture the puppet qualities of salacious crumb and are distorted caricatures of similar monkey lizards. The beast tusks and the line of bristly hair running down its spine is a nod to another aggressive creature, the razorback wild boar. And, as I was saying earlier, a fun fandom fact... When this episode came out, some fans started calling the big Quackian ape by the name Swolacious Crumb. So now that's kind of its unofficial name is Swolacious Crumb because it's big and buff and it's swole, bro. Um, so this is also the first episode of CB23, who is the best droid and I love her. And CB's 20, CB23 is originally was going to be named BB23, but having two droids with the name BB was confusing. CB and her name is Anata Carrie Beck, the Vice President of Development within the Lucasfilm Story Group. As a reminder, Sonara was see- first seen in the episode The Triple Dark during the pirate raid, but her face was concealed under the helmet at the time. 
And finally, Sonara is a Miri Allen like Bear Sophie and Luminara, Luminara Unduli from Clone Wars. Her early designs had her with green skin like the other lovely ladies. And there was also another design that had her as a weak way like Hondo Anaka. I don't... Hey, I don't got a segue on this one. Yeah. <laughs> so, man, how you doing? Sup? Sup? Bro! Yoda, bro! Yo! (laughs) Actually, Yoda. Yo, 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 in the house, yo, 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 Yoda is. Okay, keep going with that. I am in. I'm intrigued. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry, Yoda. You're old. I'm. I shouldn't do this to you. Yoda's I... never won a rap battle. Oh my goodness! I just realized how hard and difficult a rap battle would be. <laughs> well, having a good week, Yoda. Yeah, not bad. Well, I do have a question for you. <laughs> a question for Yoda. Yeah. So, they were kind of big in this episode, and I was just wondering, and and of course, like, Poe Dameron hates them and stuff, like, have you ever hung out with Kowaki and Monkey Lizards? Like, what are your thoughts on these, like, majestic annoying creatures? Because you are yourself a majestic annoying creature. What did Diablo tell you? (laughs) Diablo is a dirty liar, Diablo. Wait, wait. No, never. Never. Wait. Nobody can prove. Prove what with the no quacky? Proof. No proof. No proof. Nothing happened. <laughs> what? What? What's this about the monkey lizards that Yaddle has monkey now told lizards. me? Oh, oh, question for Yoda. Sorry, Yoda was clearing throat. <clears> throat> No, Yoda never hung out with Crocky and Monkey Lizards, and no proof there is either. What'd you do with the proof, Yoda? No holotapes or pictures or drawings even. Mm. Nobody, no, but no witnesses, no witnesses. What'd you do with the, the proof, Yoda? Proof? How could there be if nothing happened there did? Mmm. Mmm. Then what do you call? Match set game. Mm. What do you call this? This piece of paper that I am pulling out very obviously in front of my microphone. It is literally a receipt. Yep. Yep. Yo, 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 Yoda, yo, yo, Yoda, rippity rap, rap, rapper, yo. It says here. Yoda's rapper. On the night, oh, this is directly from Yaddle. On the night. Liar, liar. Maybe I should just uh, put this away in the files and. Put it in dirty lie file. No, no. I now have blackmail over your head, because that is a nasty thing with that monkey lizard. Uh, everything's over Yoda's head. Maybe you should just walk away, Yoda. 
He's like slinking away. We gotta use this. Yeah, yeah, I gotta, I gotta file this one away from uh, the uh, Yoda blackmail. You or it could be your next sticker. <laughs> Yoda Fox Monkey Lizards. Honestly, it's just a stack of uh, post-it notes from our Home Mix Chris Watch cartoons, because every time I take out a note out of journal number three, I, I just make a stack of them. So yeah. it's just a, a stack of all the uh, post-it notes I've taken out over the course of our other podcast. <laughs> That's all I had. Anyway, act one. I'm ready for it. Act one. We open with Kaz having lovely dreams in his bed on the Colossus. But there's no time for sleeping in when you, you know, are a normal person in the crushing economy that is capitalism. Yeager comes over with Bucket and they blow horn him awake. Which to Tam is hilarious. But she starts to ask questions. Apparently, this so-called salvaging job that Kaz is going on is not on the work list for today, which is mighty suspicious to her. And Kaz notices that BB-8 is super excited this morning, too. But Kaz just wants a cup of coffee, and I get that, Kaz. I feel that on the deep level. And he gets on a shuttle with Yeager and BB-8, and they head out Space while- coffee. It had huh? to be space coffee. Space coffee. You mean Starbucks? Don't they have space, space tea? What wasn't it? In a, oh no, maybe it was. Maybe it was actual hot cocoa. Coffee in um Star Wars is called calf. It just stay oh. off. Like I'm okay, drinking. Okay, so cup he's of having calf. his calf, but we do we have determined that hot cocoa is actually. We don't have to say space hot cocoa, so he could have actually had hot cocoa. Yeah, yeah. I'm just being a jerk. Sorry. That's an uh, heir to the Empire is when he, Luke Skywalker's like, I'm having this magical thing that Lando taught me called hot cocoa. Fucking like heir to the Empire in that goddamn book. Anyway, where was I? Uh, they all get on a shuttle and then Kaz sleeps in the back. Uh, once Kaz has a nice nap, he heads up to the cockpit. And flying outside of the ship is Kaz's man crush, Poe Cockpit Dameron. And BB-8 is like, Dad, you're here. Please come pick me up. I have to do all the work. Dad, help me. And Poe has an off-world mission for Kaz and has brought along another X-Wing for our spy in training to fly. And you know what Kaz doesn't have training in, apparently? Military training. Because Poe and Yeager want him to perform a military move that he's supposed to know since, you know, he was in the Navy. But he's only ever learned this in the theory, where he's supposed to jump from one ship to another and right into the cockpit of another ship. And in this moment, we meet the best girl of the series, CB23! I love her. She honestly really is the MVP of season two. Kaz is hesitating, so BB-8 just shoves him off of Yeager's shuttle. And Kaz falls into the X-Wing and introduces himself to CB and probably gets concussed because I've lost track of how many times Kaz Zunoziona has been concussed in this show so far. And CB is not impressed with him, not at all. Everybody wants to hang out with Pop. And once BB-8 is back in post-ship, which they have such a lovely exchange of their love because they're family and they love each other so much, they are on their way. Up in space, they do something that doesn't happen very often in Star Wars. 
they actually have an honest conversation about Kaz's feelings. Kaz explains that he's struggling because so much of this is new to him. But Poe is like, I hear you, and I understand you, and I believe you, and you are precious and wonderful and lovely and talented, and if you play your cards right, me and my future boyfriend Finn will officially adopt you. You've got this, kid. So to help Kaz feel better, they go flying in an asteroid film. And Poe shows Kaz how to do a move in his X-Wing, which will be important later to the plot. And they have a really good time doing it. That is, until they pick up a distress signal from Sector 6. Bum bum bum, the title of the episode! So they go, decide to go investigate it. They find a freighter that got ransacked by pirates, but one of the pirate ships is all broken up and there's a second one still docked. BB-8 is picking up a lot of life forms on that ship, so Poe decides that they need to check it out. But Cass didn't realize that the Resistance fought pirates, and Poe is like, you don't need a reason to help people in trouble. Plus, it makes us look cool. And they head down and dock on the station. Ship, whatever it is. Anyway, what'd you think of Act 1? It was good. I only have one note, and it's a question. Huh. And this doesn't... I'm, I'm not asking this about books or comics, but just in, like, the movies and all the TV shows. Have we ever... Ever, ever, and the only place that I think that we could have seen it, that we probably would have seen it in, is Rebels. But have we ever seen just people waking up in the morning in Star Wars? Like, in bed, getting up, and we've seen people sleeping. We've seen people going to bed, or like, I'm going to bed, or like, we saw, like, Amidala in her bed in Coruscant. And stuff like that. But have we ever seen anybody like just like, oh, get up, get out of bed, and you know? I don't think we have. I I was watching that and I was just like, this seems so like un like novel <laughs> for Star um, Wars, you know, just like something you don't see. I know Ezra has pajama designs, but he was woken up by the holocron. Dooku has his silk pajama design but he was getting stabbed by mother talzin <laughs> right 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 like getting ready for bed yeah. just just a normal like getting up and like brushing their like you know get getting up so. in the morning and having some coffee and stuff you sort of saw luke like maybe in an early stage of that in star wars where he's drinking his milk and stuff but he'd already gotten up you, you know he was freshly up but yeah, yeah I, just I don't think we've no, ever. No, 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 no. I did, like, I did, I did. I just thought of it. I just thought of it. It's it's one of the prequel movies. It has to be Attack of the Clones. But Padme wakes up looking way too gorgeous in the morning, and Anakin's out on the the balcony because he had. You're had a right. Vision. You and are right. She had just woken up and just came out because she looked far too good to just woke up. No one's hair yes. is that nice in the morning. Yes, that one almost doesn't count. That's a out into his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yep, okay. That's, that's as close as we got because he's standing out on the okay. balcony. I missed it, but that's all I really. I mean, I I I liked it. It was it was it was okay. It was it was of course pretty to look at. It's always good to see X wings. It's neat. Mm-hmm. I like the way the X wings look in the show. They're very angular and uh, pointy. I love that pre-dawn shot, like that very first shot where the sun hasn't come over the horizon. That's a gorgeous shot. Yeah, yeah, no, they capture the feel of morning and like, and being hardly awake too when when Kaz is getting up, 
Um, but, uh, that's my life, dude. Like, that's me before my first cup of coffee. Like, like the other day, like, we had somebody come cleaning the ducts, and they happened to get here, like, right when I woke up. And I was just like, they're like, ma'am, we need you to move your car. And I was like, I literally woke up 30 seconds ago. They're like, ma'am. And I was like, can I have coffee first? <laughs> like, I just need a sip. My brain is not awake, so I had to go out in the cold before my very first cup of coffee. And I felt like Kaz in that moment. I was like, moving my car. Yeah. Not awake yet. And I was no, like, why is my got car that, not so, driving? He's, He's got that that like that's he's got like the high school like where you wake up in the morning and you just think feel like you're going to die if you don't go back to bed. Well, I don't know. I I like my brain. It takes my brain a while to get going until I get some caffeine in it. But like Mm -hmm. I like I don't like when I have to get up in the morning, I just get up now for the like for for a long time. But like in high school, I remember just that feeling of waking up to you know to get up in the morning and just being like no no that's me now i like 33 <laughs> oh don't you know don't get me wrong it's not that i don't love sleeping but like i'm it's it's a lot easier for me to get out of it now no i gotta have that first cup of coffee bro <laughs> until i have that first sip because it's it, I, I can like physically feel it i sip the thing and it just like hits the roof of my mouth and it goes directly to my brain and i'm just like oh, yes oh, here it is i'm ready it's that kind of like weird dopamine hit it's not even the caffeine it's the dopamine that's just like ah oh, yeah 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 the caffeine does not hit you that fast but it nope. gets you yeah yeah no i have a i have a um yerba mate tea that i drink in the morning or you know that comes in a can but uh i'll just be in the in the car on the way to work and just go and that first drink is just like oh my whole body's going thank you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yeah. some happy happy juice Kaz, we feel you really um that's all <laughs> i gotta say best part of waking up is space hot cocoa in your cup <laughs> Um, the only I, I don't really have a lot of notes for this one either. Um, I just wanted to note that I enjoy like Tam noticing weird things. Um, it's just ongoing setting up her story later on. Like, like the salvage job is not on the list. She's like, "What are you guys doing today?" Um, which is just just a nice. And note doesn't he come back in a X-wing? No, uh, CB took the X-wing with Poe. She's flying. Oh, it. you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they leave on the shuttle and then they come back in the shuttle. So, but they don't come back. I, I don't know if like Yeager like went out and found some salvage. I don't know because they were supposed to be going out on a salvage job, and I I don't know if they ever brought anything back <laughs> other than Sonara. <laughs> so, well, she sal- would be the she would be a good excuse for not bringing anything back because they got a distress call and had to. That's true. That's a very to go good pick point. her up. That's a very very good point. That's I never thought of that. So yeah, um, but I, I I enjoy seeing Tam like questioning things like like these things are weird Yeager why is this and he's just like oh don't worry about it because it's just setting up her overall story um and I'm wanting to note this because this is actually an ongoing world building thing of the New Republic and I think they do it really well and it usually happens with Kazimpo episodes where they note these things so we have to keep in mind that like Poe was a rebellion, like his pirates fought in the rebellion, he grew up around fighter pilots, he's had all this training, 
And Kaz was supposed to be, you know, in the Navy. You know, he's supposed to be this highly trained person as well. But this is the first time when that when Poe was like, haven't you done like the air jump or whatever from one plane to another? And Kaz says, well, I've done it in theory. I've never done it in real life. And that is actually a very important note about the New Republic. Um, I know in other materials they go into it more, but during this time it shows just like how underdeveloped their navy is. Um, and and a, a big part of it is like Mon Mothma like greatly demilitarized the empire after the empire. Like she demilitarized a lot because she didn't want to come off looking like the empire when when she took over. But this is just like the first of a series of like Kaz being like really undertrained for someone who's been trained in the Navy. And I think it's always interesting whenever he's with Poe because we see it. Um, actually, the other episode that you were confusing this with, it happens again where Poe gives Kaz a blaster and, and Kaz is like, I've only ever used this in theory. And he's like, what does that even mean in theory? You either shot a blaster or you haven't. And I think that's a really interesting world building piece. Um, cause it shows, it's not fully Kaz's fault that he's not really fully trained. It's actually a, like a flaw of the new Republic. Well, the new Republic might not. Yeah. The new, the, well, Kaz might've been, there might've been his instructors might've been coddling him a little bit and like, uh, you know, this is a son of a, of a high ranking guy. We, you know, we might want to like keep him out of danger and that's still not his a, fault though. Get him on a, oh no, I'm not saying it is. I'm saying that's just why they would have, you know, they could have done it. They could have been like, oh, you know, that he could have been, they could have been eyeballing him for a, uh, nice cushy desk job somewhere, you know? Yeah. Requisitions job or something. But. I wanted to note it here because it is going to come up again and I'll talk about it when it comes up again, but it's not always, it's, it's interesting because it's not Kaz's fault that he's undertrained. He's actually undertrained. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 no. And yeah. And yeah, I mean, who knows? He could have been in there one semester where the first thing they do is teach you rules and regulations and how to wear your uniform properly and stuff like that, you know? So Yeah. Yeah, but um, uh, that's all I had for Act One. Did you have anything else? No, I have very few notes for this this show. There's not that like like the 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 biggest thing that happened in it is sort of like set up at the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's mostly it's mostly just a fun. The last couple albums have or albums uh, episodes haven't been super visual. Not that this one's super visual, but it's it's really plays hard on the the visual storytelling end. So it's mm-hmm. fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a fun opera. I'm kind of in the same way. Like most of the like the deeper notes, like the one I just had about Cass, is just like the knowledge of the series overall. So anyway, Act Two. Kaz and Poe are now on board the freighter and are slinking through the hallways looking for survivors. And we got some droid drama going on too, girls. So apparently, BB and CB are battling out for Poe's affection. It's like droid bachelor. And CB wants to make her mark on on the Dameron love machine. And maybe she'll get a rose. But BB is all worried because he already got a rose from Poe and he doesn't want Poe to replace him. Drama! But suddenly, there's no more time for drama because there's a huge roar throughout the entire station 
and Cass is like, what the fuck is that? And Poe's like, it sounds like adventure, let's go! And Kaz is suddenly rethinking all of his spy eagerness. And they turn a corner and see two pirates running in terror from something big, really big. And this big thing is able to grab the pirates and fling them around and possibly eat them. And Poe is like, "Welp, better them them than better them than us being dead. Let's go the other way." And they still need to find the crew of the ship. And Kaz is like, "What if the crew got eaten?" And Poe is like, "That's negative thinking. You gotta be positive." And Kaz goes, "I'm positive that the big thing ate the crew, Poe. Pretty positive." Something is slinking around the dark and bouncing from here to there. And they realize, and they jump out, it's a Kowakian monkey lizard, and it lands on Kaz's head. And after a struggle, they're able to get it off and it runs away. And Poe goes, forget it, it's them, the biggest vermin in the galaxy. Forget about the First Order, Kaz. Our new mission is to eradicate all the monkey lizards from the world. I hate them, I hate them so much. And Kaz is like, uh, that's a very strong reaction to, you know, an animal. And Poe Po goes, they know what they did. They know what they did to me. And apparently I have a very dark history with these creatures. And no, no, I will not go into it in the series. I will not go into it in the show. But they know what they did, Kaz. They know what they did. Kaz is like, cool, dude. <laughs> Calm down. A BBA picks up a faint life reading, and Kaz thinks the person might be hurt. But they get derailed again when the monkey lizards are back, and this one it has a gun. <laughs> I'm laughing because one of my favorite, one of my favorite Re Resistance comics ever, and I hope I remember to post it. I don't know if I will, but just in case, it's just a comic of Kaz going, "Is that a monkey?" and Poe yelling, "It's got a gun!" <laughs> And the monkey's just like, pew, 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 pew. It's one of my favorite comments. I'm so sorry. It's so funny. I love it. Ignore me. I, it, just that scene makes me laugh. Uh, <laughs> Poe chases after the critter while another one jumps on Kaz, separating the two of them. And Kaz is getting his ass handed to him by a monkey. But it runs off with his flashlight. Then, down the hallway, the big whatever it is growls just behind Kaz. And he just backs slowly out of there. Just backs away slowly. <laughs> and he turns the corner to find BB-8 and CB-23 fighting with the monkeys. Heroic and brave, BB-8 comes to CB-23's rescue and valiantly fights off the monkeys. And she stares at him with stars in her visual receptors, realizing that they never had to be enemies in the first place. They could both love Poe equally, but even more... They could love each other, and they slowly fall for each other as the music swells, and Kaz continues. Wow! And Kaz slowly gets. I thought I was muted. And Kaz slowly gets his ass handed to him, in the background. Poe runs in, having a blaster back, and shoots towards the sky, and he murders a monkey in the process, and all the monkeys scatter. They continue their search until CB-23 finds a storage area where she's picking up a light scan. They open the box and they find knocked out Sonara-san, aka Pirate Mom! Welcome to somebody who's on Hope's mommy list. And they also hear the big thing in the distance roaring and getting closer. Kaz 
who is surprisingly buff, picks up Sonara over his shoulder and just hauls her out of there, just as the big monster arrives. And it's not a Kowakian monkey lizard. It's a Kowakian ape, and it's hungry and ready to eat them. What'd you think of Act 2? I like this act. I like this act, too. This is actually my favorite act, but I have the least amount of notes. I had very little notes for this, but in your reading of it, it it brought up a, a half-serious, really doofy, though, question, which I'll get to after my, first, my only note that I had on here before, which was, monkey murder! <laughs> Wasn't expecting him to just murder a monkey. It reminded me of my friend Albie, who, like, said he had these crows terrorizing their neighborhood. So he went out one day and just with his 22 and just like shot one of the crows and hung it up off his clothesline by its feet. And the rest of the crows like <laughs> left and never came back. I mean, I'm like, that's dark, Albie. Really they, they're incredibly <laughs> smart creatures. They actually remember faces, too. Yeah, they have few. They, oh, yeah, I know. I know I have crow friends that... Well, we haven't been hanging out as much at, at work lately. Those crows are kind of doofy. Anyway, but my other note, what I thought about this is, at first I thought about it with gender, but now this question could be for either gender or sex in either way. Okay. Uh, okay, you have two astromech droids. What different, what, what is even going on with having any sense of, gender identity or even like what sex they are they're 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 astromech droids so what is it that that makes you know one droid taken as male and another droid taken as female i think i think it's like the programming put into them okay because we okay so then that calls up all sorts of questions okay so you have a droid and you program it to be female what does that uh, that mean? Female voice, you know, because, you, you know, it plays into weird, you know, what what is even the point of having uh, like, I guess, for for just human interaction? Uh, yeah, I mean, but, 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 well, but how big of a can of worms do you want to open on this yeah, one? <laughs> well, enough enough just to keep the question good and goofy, you know. Okay, because because the the main answer is for it, it's mostly just for like you know users like people like Anakin you know people who actually like communicate with droids and like helps like distinguish the droids between the two like it helps distinguish like CB from BB-8 and stuff. Um, it, it's more of just like the human interaction with them. Um, so so but, if, but okay, but so I can see getting, like hold on, if you want to start getting really theoretical. That I mean, that's where we could go into the importance of L three because L three opened well, up a whole fucking can of worms well, of like here's the can thing, they here's choose the thing who about they L3. are? Can they choose their like gender? Can they choose their identity? And that just opens up the can of worms, and that's that's the importance well, of L three to have that conversation. Well, L three had a human voice too, so she had a woman's voice and like but she chose you know, it traditionally, traditionally fe- female voice and like some body language and stuff, but. We're talking an astromech droid, you know, beeps and beeps and whistles. So they so they both just sound the same. Like, what is it? Voice is higher. Is it higher? And she's like a more feminine colors and stuff like that. Yeah. But. 
Yeah. Because we could have a full conversation of like the implications of L3 if you really want to. Because I don't think we got into that in the solo conversation. I'm prepared. Yeah, no, I was more I was more into the two we had in here because it's just like they're, they're functionally they're the same. You know, there's really yeah. no reason to have them different sexes or different genders unless it was for human interaction and then yeah. then then what can you do yeah then what can you do with an astromech droid except pitch up their voice paint them pink and give them a girl name and then that 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 opens up a whole can of worms too well, they, they did that in clone wars because there's um oh is it is it r2kt because mm-hmm. i can't remember but i remember yeah. who you're talking about yeah she was like the pink r2 right um, right um I, my understanding she had is the little dress little frilly uh, dress my understanding is it's it's just mostly for the like the user, you know, like yeah. the the person who trains them and just to help differentiate them because if if you really wanted to be the same, then we'd be staring at two perfectly white and orange BB-8s, you know, honestly. But I mean, right. it just helps. To, it's just right. more you'd of have a, to check their serial numbers to know which yeah, one is it, which. It's, yeah. a, it's just a story element to help differentiate them and give them personalities. Okay, help, good. Yeah. Okay, well, we're determining. That's a good. That's a good reason to give droids. Because remember, we're always there's always been the question of like why, <laughs> why give droids personalities unless you give them all real per- pleasant personalities, you know? Yeah. And the, I guess uh, I guess differentiate differentiation is would be a big big factor yeah i mean it's just there's a, always just a, there's know. a reason we want to feel for like k2 when he dies in rogue one well <laughs> yeah know? that too that yeah too. It's, it's just a story element but if you want to get like really theoretical we could really go into like the implications of L3 and having her choose her identity and the advancements of AI in this world. And are they actually sentient and everything? Yeah, no, that, that, that conversation actually gets really dark because if like we start really pulling the threads on the sentience of droids in star Wars, it starts getting really, really kind of, kind of nasty. <laughs> if you, um, Check out Sky Talkers. They actually talk about L3 a lot. Um, I I think they've done an entire episode about the importance of L3 in that. I, I I'm pretty. I think it's Sky Talkers. I don't have it in front of me, but I, I do know that they have talked about L3 a lot and the importance of like, her character. Like if they were, if they were, like yeah, they're they're they're. I mean, if there if there was something going on about like droid sentience, people in in Star Wars, they'd be there'd be people like voicing their their uh disdain for restraining uh restraining bolts you'd put a re- i can't believe you'd put a restraining bolt on a droid you know i can't believe i that thought i thought a- we stopped putting restraining bolts on droids you know everybody's just like oh you got a restraining bolt <laughs> you know so, so here's here's the line i can't believe we put inhibitor chips in human clones yeah 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 <laughs> yeah it's almost yeah. the same thing yeah yeah Pretty it's much. worse actually, but it's yeah, worse. but it's but they're very similar things, yeah. I mean, that that's what we always talked about when we were covering Clone Wars is like the the foil of the droids and the clones and how similar they actually were. You know, the battle droids weren't different from the clones yep. other than one was alive and one was a droid, but they were yep. pretty much used for the same thing, which was cannon yep. fodder. And one was insanely more goofy than the other, but that you know that's, that's what made the, them so but... lovable. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, did you have any other notes? No. 
Yeah, so all I know, all th- the 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 grand total of all three of our official notes are all monkey about monkey lizards <laughs> and just how much we like them or or like seeing them, how much we like them and how much we like to see them killed. And you know, I mean, monkey lizards. I don't. I I I, I like. I don't. I I don't know what the story is with Poe, but I they seem to be just like universally reviled by everybody but like but pirates who can tame the the pirates know how to get the you know the pirates are such bastards that the monkey lizards are like all right i'll hang on your shoulder and laugh you know but everybody else wacky monkey lizard bounty hunter (laughs) incorrectly Became, yeah, unidentified Kowakian monkey lizard bounty hunter. Because <laughs> they're partially sentient. Um, they're not fully sentient, sentient but they're, they're sort of sentient. like the gremlins in, in Gremlins. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Poe's shooting that fucking monkey is the funniest scene. <laughs> it's just so, it's so unexpected because it's just that traditional, just like shooting at the ceiling, pew, pew, pew. Yeah, they're not going to kill a monkey, or or he was going to shoot it, and then you saw he just winged it, and it got up, and it ran away all smoky or something. But no, he uh, he, he fragged that monkey. By total, and I love everyone's reactions. Like, the monkey, Kaz, Poe, they all just have this look of, like, fuck, we killed a monkey. That wasn't supposed to happen, yeah, but, <laughs> but, 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 like, yeah, Kaz, Kaz and Poe get over it real quick. They're just like, yeah, I killed your friend. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I actually, like, actually, I, I wrote that my favorite part of this episode is Poe's hatred for monkeys, but the monkey lizards, but, but really what it is, is that you can tell that Oscar Isaac is having a good time. Like, you can hear it in, like, his performance, like, you can tell when an actor is having fun. Yeah, and no, just, he's not, um, he's not di- dialed back or, like, dialing it in, like, a lot of times when... Like, say, Mark Hamill in the Star Wars <laughs> Holiday Special. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Kaz, how's it going? Great to see you, mean, you here. You mean even space. worse, Harrison Ford in the Holiday Special? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're both pretty. They're both pretty much just like they both got in their car and drove like 20 minutes over to a studio and were like, all right, let's do this. You know, but no, yeah, he was. That was. Yeah, he it was. He was into it back in yeah, those days, probably like, a lot it's more. Like it's just a little emphasis, just like the I hate them. I hate them so much. <laughs> like he, he's really like he's truly acting and he's really into it. And so like when I when I say well, that, he's like, also like he's also tipping it up a little bit for for animation too. So it fits right. It fits in with the animation. It's not like sort of like you know he. No, he doesn't really ham it up, but he just he tips it up just a little bit and and puts a little more, a little more life in his voice. You that's know, that's actually very true. I our our friends over at um Friends of the Forest, Brad and Sarah, who's going to be guest for our Bebo episode, wink wink, not judge. Um, they interviewed, I believe it was Christopher Sean, who is the voice of Kaz. And Christopher Sean was talking about that because Christopher Sean had done like um, soap operas for a while. He was on uh, dramas and stuff. And so it was it really this was his first time voice acting. And so it was a big shift coming in because he was trying to act like he would normally act. And he had to learn how to for animation, like kind of go extra 
is yep. the best way of putting it. Like kind of like hit it like higher and more exaggerated. Exaggerated. That's the word I'm looking for. You have to kind of exaggerate a lot more for animation. Um, and uh, I guess it worked out for him because he's now he's now the voice of Nightwing in the the um, newest Batman video game. Um, but he, yeah, he I think it's always going to be that way till they crack like the uncanny valley with like CGI or whatever. But for cartoons, you've got to do a little extra work to, yeah. on, you know, because the face isn't as expressive as as it is. So you so you're doing the legwork of the expression with with your voice. By the way, I forgot to say it. We have an announcement at the end of the episode, so please stay tuned for the end of the episode. <laughs> There's an announcement at the end of the remembered. episode. <laughs> Chris ends back in at the beginning, but don't. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just I really liked it. But that's all I had for Act Two. Act Two is my favorite act, but it's just it's just comedy and it's just fun and it's it's just a lot of fun. It's it's you know. Yeah, it's just, it's very kinetic. You get that shot where, with, uh, I don't know, is it in part two or part three, but in, in, in the whole, you know, chase with the monkey lizards and the whole monkey lizard stuff, you get like BB-8 spinning around the monkey lizard, but you see it from BB-8's point of view. So you just see the background and the monkey lizard, you know, just sort of like hanging on for dear life. And yeah, it's very kinetic and fun, you know, and yeah. it, 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 it sets it up like it's going to be kind of the, a, a horror sort of episode, you know, like with the bugs in Clone Wars. But then it just it, it becomes it, it becomes very much like like the movie Gremlins, you know, just sort of like a a, a fun. It's it's Poen. Poen uh, Kaz's big adventure. Yeah, get I to mean, bond. I love the scene where like. CB and BB are having like their little conversation and they're bonding and she's like, you saved me. And he was like, well, I was in the background. Kaz is just getting his ass handed to him. <laughs> like it's, it's funny. This is a really funny episode. And like, yeah. I, I think that's one of my things that I like about resistance is resistance is just a fun show. And I don't, I think sometimes like we take star Wars too seriously and sometimes it's fun just to have fun, you know? It's uh, it's it's great to have just a fun, pure, good time little romp because it's funny and I like it. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, even Clone Wars used to do it every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're then it got Jar Jar. Sash. The first thing that comes into your head is Jar Jar, isn't it? <laughs> no, 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 no. The first thing that came to my head was, yeah, it was fun. And then Siege of Mandalore happened. <laughs> yeah. It was fun until it wasn't. <laughs> or a sun, sunny day in the void is what I'm thinking of, you know, something like that. Clone Wars is a lot of fun until it rips your heart out and stabs it with a lightsaber. <laughs> and it's not fun anymore. Uh, God, I, I, I actually had that feel today because our listener feedback is from The Phantom Apprentice. And I just had this moment of just like, Mom was right and Ahsoka failed and everything's going to shit. <laughs> Like, I had that emotional, just reading the title, The Phantom of Princess, like, I felt it in my bones. My bones just went, ugh. <laughs> anyway, Act 3. Um, alrighty, let's uh, wrap up this space um, ape. The, gra- the, the great grape space ape. <laughs> the space great ape. Space, space ape escape. <laughs> oh, the great space ape escape. Oh, that's great. I just didn't say I he should have been going space ape space ape. 
He's not a Pokemon. <laughs> no, I don't think you're you're I'm too old. It's it's an old cartoon called Grape Ape. Oh. Grape Ape, Grape Ape. You know, Pokemon say their own name, so they're just like, yeah, Pikachu. He's he's an ape. He's a he's a he's a grape colored ape in a in in a store and owned by Mr. Peabody and he is wants to he the uh, there's a little girl who wants to own him named OG and it's always just their schemes for OG to 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 own the grape ape and he wears a hat and a coat. Well, that's the beauty of our podcast. We come from two different generations, so you just going from, grape ape just I gave come us from, two different things. I come from the grape ape generation. I come from the Pokemon from generation. Pokemon generation. <laughs> anyway, Act Three. Act Three. <clears throat> so there's a big Coactian ape lizard. Why are they lizards, by the way? Like, they just seem like monkeys to me. Like, I don't understand why they're monkey lizards, because there's nothing very lizardy about them. Uh, no, they, they have sort of that pointy... Yeah, it's, it's a pointy face, you know, instead of... Instead of a, uh... You know, like a, a, a flat face of a, of a hominid. Of a of an ape-like creature you know they have they, it pokes out but it's more like a it's more like a muppet version of a dra- like a horned dragon it, well the maybe original that's... was the original was a muppet so yeah maybe that's uh, why because it's more dragon than lizard so because it does have that kind of beak they kind of have a nose beak sort of thing working so but like I don't care man because lizard monkey yeah I'm I'm all for some a monkey lizard monkey monkey lizard yeah two great yeah. things a good it's, it's the peanut butter cup of of Star Wars animals <laughs> the peanut butter cup of Star Wars. I don't know I'm very very uh like I really 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 like the uh lost cats <laughs> that's just me I'm a cat yeah, but, anyway yeah. Yeah, yeah, but they're just cats, you know. They are I mean, just we cats. do have we do have goat men and we do have pig men. Hugnats to... yeah. eat puffer pigs apparently. <laughs> See the last episode. <laughs> anyway, so there's a big Quackian ape lizard behind them, breaking down the door and it wants to eat Poe and Kaz, and Kaz is hauling around in an unconscious Sonara, trying not to drop her or, you know, slam her head into a wall as they're trying to escape. And Poe was like, run faster! And Kaz was like, I'd like to try and see you run faster, hauling a whole-ass human being on your shoulders. And Poe buys Kaz a little bit of time by distracting the monster, while Kaz works his way towards their ships with Sonara, whose dead weight is just getting really, really heavy. But, you know, I have to hand it for Kaz for making it that far, carrying a whole, you know, a whole adult human that far all by himself. So, you know what? Good for you, Kaz. You lift. Your Kaz is the smallest crumb of the episode. <laughs> Kaz, you lift, bro. Are you swollacious crumb? He was swole for a while, but he starts feeling it. He goes from swole to, um, I don't know what rhymes with slow. Swole that's the opposite of swole to slow. Swole to slow. <laughs> I'm I'm muting out again. Okay. <laughs> Oh, it was very dumb. It's fine. Poe shows up, and together they get to their ships and zip on out of there. But they're not out of the woods yet. 
the pirate ships are coming, and probably to come back and check on their haul that they left behind. And a dogfight breaks out as Poe is just showcasing why he's so damn good. He, he is a uh, Poe Dameron. Damn. Uh, Kaz gets in on the action too, and he's able to pull off the plot maneuver that Poe showed him back in the first act of the episode. And the pirates break off and leave. And with that taken care of, they head back to Castellon, which I just realized I misspelled Castellon. Anyway, where Yeager is waiting for them with the shuttle. And when they say that they have a survivor, Yeager is suspicious. He doesn't know it at the time, but you know, he's right, thinking that it's a very bad idea to bring Sonara on board. But Kaz is like, Yeager, I know we don't find out later that Sonara is a pirate, but she has to come back with us so she can go on one of the best written character arcs of the show. We can't just leave her behind. And Yeager can't argue with that. Poe says goodbye to Kaz and BB-8 and heads on out of there to go long on his way. And CB waves to her new love interest, BB-8, before she zips off to him. On the way back, Sonara wakes up and finds a strange man hovering over her. And she rightfully responds to the situation and punches Kaz in the face. And you know what? I can't blame her. If I, w I have woken up with a stranger in my room and it's fucking terrifying. So I can't blame her at all with, like, uh, punching a strange man hovering over her as she slips in the face. And good for you, girl. Poor Kaz, though. <laughs> this child gets so many concussions. <laughs> Sonara is still woozy, and Kaz explains that they're talking, uh, taking her to a med droid on the Colossus, which Yiga responds, I did not volunteer for any of this. I was voluntold to do it. And Sonara says that she was caught up in the pirate raid, which freed the ape monster, and she tried to hide in the crate. It was the last thing she can remember, which is a mysterious past. When Kaz says that they're taking her to the Colossus, she is mighty interested in going to there. But she doesn't have any identification because all her ID was conveniently left back on the blast ship. Pirate Mom is the best actor. Give her all the awards. And they land on the platform, and Sonara is wonder in wonder that she can just, you know, get vouched for and walk right onto the platform. And Kaz gets her registered and says that she's welcome aboard. And Yeager is still suspicious. <laughs> Sonara is like, thank you for all your help, really. Now leave me alone. And she steps on the elevator and leaves them behind. And Kaz is like, well, I think that went well. And Yeager is like, yeah, this is gonna end poorly, kid, but it's gonna be on you. Meanwhile, on the elevator, Sonara calls to Kragen, the pirate leader, bum bum bum, because she's a pirate. Bum bum bum! Because Kaz got her registered and now she has free reign in the Colossus to help the pirates who are helping out the First Order! More bum bum bum! And she, he tells her to stay put because it's time for the pirates to have Pirate Mom on the inside. The end. It's funny because I was thinking, oh man, Kaz is going to get in trouble for this, but it's really on Poe. It's all on Poe. <laughs> But uh, um, one thing I think is interesting that you mentioned in the beginning is they were talking about making her one of Hondo's race. I think that would have been, I don't think we've really seen like only background female weekly. I think I, I, I kind of wish they did just to break up because, you know, you know, spoiler, she becomes part of the crew, you know, the, the main cast. It would have, like, 
like having her human just sort of like or mostly human she's mary allen mostly yeah but she looks she looks she looks like the rest of the human cast you know except for some some markings on her or something you know but making her a different race would have just been more more interesting and like you know there's there's a lot of like uh, feeling like oh it's gonna there might be some romance between her and kaz maybe or or anything like that and uh it just would have been more interesting either way whether there was or wasn't any romance or anything if she was a different race just just visually just to have you know another one of the immediate characters besides niku being an alien and niku is even like a, a quadruped you know his face is a just biped? weird or a bi- biped or for you know four four limbs you know arms and legs biped oh, okay. he's he's humanoid <laughs> Mm-hmm. Even though he's kind of got a starfish face and stuff like that, and and but you know, yeah. Although she would have been like that too. She would just would have had like scaly face. But it it would have been interesting if she and Cad had a romance or didn't have a romance, or if they had a romance and that was a problem with some of the future, first order sympathizers and stuff. They could have done stuff like that too. But mm-hmm. like yeah, I just found it interesting that that they they that they were considering having her be like part of Honda's race. It's, I also I, just realized they showed her like a couple episodes. Was it two episodes ago? Yeah, it or, was the, uh, the second episode, the triple dark. Yeah. Uh, the triple dark episode. So we actually saw her in that episode, like, but they just, they just probably assumed rightly that nobody would remember, you know, enough from actually that. wrong. Uh, a lot of people brought that up because they're like, Oh, well, we already saw this character already. <laughs> a I lot forget of people that. Yeah. The kiddies probably wouldn't notice it. The adults have because uh, I well, remember Jonna. I remember Jonna talking about that on her podcast. She was like, you know, this isn't really a big like turn of events and like a big surprise because we've already seen Sonara. See, I never, I, I never would have, I never would have had the visual unless I watched the show multiple times before, you know, episodes multiple times before each episode before mm-hmm. that. I don't think I would have. And it depends on the podcast too, because some people do like like we do, like the voice work, so they'll they'll look at the credits and see the actors' names and stuff like that. Yeah, and some people have a visual memory for faces and stuff like that that just like nails it. So once they see somebody, they they remember if they see him again. Yeah. I am not one of them. <laughs> to to go back to what you were saying about like the possibility of making her a weak way like Hondo. Um I really do think there is a fear and that I have, okay. I hope it's going to process this by saying I have no proof. This is speculation. I think there is a fear of making main characters aliens because they're afraid that people won't connect to them. Um, this happened with fallen order. The, the main character, Cal Kestis, I think was originally going to be an alien character, but they changed him to human. Um, and I, and I think it's just that kind of, suspicion because most of our main alien characters that we've had like like Hera or Zeb or or Ahsoka have been almost nearly human and I think there's this kind of like fear of will people be able to connect with something that's not human and I would say yes because we have a fucking rock in the new High Republic book named Geode and we care about this goddamn rock (laughs) because he's just a rock 
and I, and I would love to see like a well Honda was a popular character he a was beloved, a popular character a beloved character dare I say but he's still very human you know he still is other, other he's he's just like a scaly human like he's still humanoid like like Niku yes. and stuff like that yeah yeah but like can you see someone like flicks carrying a straw on his own you know a very like bird person it could be done sure but like yeah I, I think there's a, a fear of making like very alien characters main characters because I think there's a fear that they're not gonna be as well received and to that I say then write better <laughs> I have no sympathy for that excuse I really don't because there's a reason that like characters like Zev and Orca and Flix are very beloved. There's a reason that there's a rabid fan base growing on Twitter over a fucking rock named Geode. <laughs> so in the High Republic, kids like I shouldn't say kids because they're all my age too because we're all thirsty for the same rock person. <laughs> but like you know, I just I, I I I agree. I would like to see more of that boldness, and that's because that's one of the things I actually really like about Resistance is that they do take those those chances and it's a much more like I say diverse both in skin tone but also in aliens like the Colossus is how I always want Star Wars to look where it's just a, like, a sloth of different alien characters at all times mixed in with humans like this is how I want Star Wars to look at all times um and I, and I said that in our first episode too so yeah I just think it would have been more like visually interesting Mm-hmm. Like I, I mean, the thing about I don't him think is we've ever had a good guy weak way. I no, and and Star Wars is Star, well, Star Wars is is been usually pretty like will sort of do that have a character that's oh that's good. We haven't that, had a good we haven't had a good hut yet either. We have had a good weak way because he was the bartender in the Cobb Vanth episode of The Mandalorian. Oh, that's right. He that's was right. Okay, we haven't had a good hut yet. Stinky, but he was a baby. Does that count? Yeah, no, babies don't count. And he was farting all the time. As babies go, he that was... That doesn't make him evil. Well, I was just going to say... No, I, no, I was just going to say, as babies go, he was pretty pretty obnoxious. But babies are pretty obnoxious anyway. So he, he alternated cute and obnoxious about as much as any kind of baby would. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it would. I just, I just think it would have been. I just think it would have mixed things up a little, little bit. You know, like how, how um, interesting it got with. You know, that would have to do with the writing. It could be as. You know, they could write or you. They could do as much as it. They could, they could use that. You know, her being Hondo's race, in different ways, or they could just treat her like a different character and not go into different areas but either way visually I mean, it just would have been yeah it would have been interesting different. and yeah and it would have been like reflective of the show anyway yeah very much so um did you have anything else no uh i mostly have just shout, kind of shallow notes um i just wanted to know that i think the ape lizard is just a really cool design I like mm-hmm. them taking just the cute little monkey lizards and then just making it just like a fucking monster. <laughs> it's just monsterish, and I love it. 
Um, I love my pirate mom, though. I know we're talking about Sonara, but I do love pirate mom. She's so crafty and so smart, and I love her, and I just love the moment she's just like, these bitches are gonna just take me on the Colossus? They're just gonna take me on the Colossus? Cool. <laughs> she's so smart. And, like, because we always make fun of, like, Ezra's acting and, like, Kaz's acting. Yep. Sonara's yep. just like, this is how it's done. I'm a poor, weak old woman, and they took my ID. Can you help me, big, strong man? And the moment she's on there, she's well, like, all right, she bye. Didn't, she didn't even play it. She didn't even... She didn't even play it that broad. She well, I mean, she got it that way, but she didn't project that. She projected being stru- like she could take care of herself at the same time, but uh, but enough vulnerability to keep both of them off guard. It was just it was, she was she guard. was nuanced, you know. She was very very credible. To keep Kaz off guard, Yeager is suspicious. <laughs> He's just like, mm-mm, yeah, but you, Jaeger's gonna be, he's he's gonna be Jaeger. It's gonna be suspicious of everybody, you know, and Kaz, yeah. but like, yeah, 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 yeah. But gosh, I love Sonara. I'm so happy she's 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 one of my favorite characters of this show, and she's my pirate mom, and I love pirate mom so much. Um, speaking of Jaeger, for somebody who doesn't want to do have anything to do with the resistance and wants to stay out of it and was very adamant about that in the very first episode, he sure does stick around and gets Kaz to Poe and picks him up, you know. He sure does stick around and help out for someone who doesn't want to be part of it. Oh, he's still got to dip his feet, toes in every yeah. once in a while. Yeah, I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> I, I think it, it's it's kind of an important part of Yeager's story. Because um, he was like the gruff man who didn't want anything to do with it. But I think now as Kaz is starting to get more into it, we're seeing that little light of fire in, in Yeager. He's starting to feel like, oh, yeah, I just remember the good old days. And, you know, I'm not going to get I'm not going to go with them. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with me, like helping them out. And like and that's part of Yeager's story as well, as he's going to slowly start of yeah, course, getting back into the resistance. He's probably got to be a little more careful though too, because he's got he's got a little bit of fame, you know. He's a he's a like known as like a great racer and and everything. So he also has to be careful because he also has Tam and Niku. Um, they are his responsibility as their boss. Right, and obviously something went wrong with the last people he had responsibility for too. So he's probably extra mm-hmm. extra yeah, I mean, careful. Which we'll find out in his episode where the people. Or his family, and they died. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, we determined that a couple in the a couple a few couple three episodes ago. Yeah. Ah, oh, that that bitch episode. Yeah. That bitch Rucklin. That's the one I just edited. I know. I saw it at the time of this recording. It's going up tonight. That yeah. bitch. <laughs> you should have put in big letters on it, like that bitch Rucklin. <laughs> <laughs> The big old letters. That bitch. <laughs> the premiere of that bitch. Now with anyway. 33% more of that bitch. That Rockland bitch. Huh? That Rockland bitch. No, no, no. It's that bitch Rockland. His first name is that bitch. Yeah, but his if you first, say that Rockland bitch, it sounds like you're swearing. It's like Funkin' Wagnall. Put that in your Funkin' Wagnall. Um, but the only other note I have is 
I think what I really like about this episode is Kaz and Poe's relationship. Uh, they don't get to be together that long, and honestly, they've only been together one other time, which was the first episode. And I enjoy seeing, for one, Poe in this kind of mentor role. I don't think we get to... I, the, I, I miss seeing that in the sequel trilogy, but it's kind of... It, it's a nice kind of stepping stone to where he is in Trost because he has to take on like that. It's that moment in Trost where he's like, you know, Leia has died and like he's talking with Lando and Lando's like, you know, you have to take on being a leader. So what's kind of fun about these resistance episodes is we're seeing Poe take on that mentor role. Like he's like, he's like encouraging Poe, encouraging Kaz. He's teaching him these new maneuvers. And that's that it, it's, the show doesn't function like Clone Wars and Rebels where they fill in those gaps. This is a slice of life show, but it does fill in that little bit of Poe's story to where he gets to in Tross. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, he, yeah. Mm -hmm. He's still cocky though. There's still that little bit of last Jedi Poe there. And that's why I, I like that because, well, he's also like, also he's like, Usually he's he's usually around uh, Kaz, which you know he's probably a little cocky around Kaz because Kaz is like this is Poe Dameron. He's always cocky. He is a right. dramatic. If Rucklin is that bitch, Poe is dramatic bitch. Right, but he's he's playing it up for Kaz. You know, he know he Kaz is a Kaz is a younger version of himself, and he's he's playing himself up like the people that he was you know idolized when he you know like his parents and yeah. so so yeah so he's a little extra around ezra probably ezra I miss ezra. or ezra kaz sorry where is ezra hashtag where's ezra my friend well actually she's been on our show uh remember gabby she uh did the rebels recap she actually yeah. keeps a daily count of how long it's been since we last saw ezra <laughs> And it's I we're like going on uh gosh what days are we on um something like two like we just hit 500 days I think yeah but that's time in our dimension the next yeah, time it, we see De Ezra will be like probably like 10 minutes after they went into into whale hyperspace yeah 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 like she she is keeping it in our time so <laughs> that's all I that's all I have for this episode did you have anything else. No, I think I'm ready to wrap it up. All right, Chris, score up the episode. I liked it. It was good. Ooh, wow. This is that's funny. I'm just looking at your score. Um it was it was it was good. It was a a visual episode. It was, you know, it 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 set, it laid down some story for upcoming stories, but that was just sort of the the end bum bum bum. But um it was it was very very entertaining. But I'm I'm docking it a little bit for being a little light, um, so I gave it a seven point five. Hey, you know, pretty much I did the same thing. Like, yeah. I I like this episode. There's there's nothing wrong. It's no, it's, it's fun. Yeah, it's a comedy action romp where Poe and Kaz go on, her, on an adventure, and it pulls Sonara fully into the story, and it's just a really fun time. Um, there's there are like little world building things like Kaz being undertrained by the New Republic and stuff, but like for the most part, it's just a fun romp. So I am kind of the same way. Like I like this episode. So when I say it's a seven point five out of ten, that's not a bad thing. I really enjoy it. There's just nothing that's like you know. Like, yeah, no, I'm leaving room. I'm leaving room for some uh, for other elements in future episodes as well. Yeah, I'm doing. 
Because I, I but, almost gave this an eight, but I think I think I, I was gave... like an eight and eight point five at first, and then I was like, ah, you know what, you know. If we're going by story, like story and what it does overall, it's like my seven point five. But if I'm talking about like sheer enjoyment, just like just sitting down and enjoying it, that's like an eight point five. I just enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, for a, sure. Yeah. So. As always, we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, or on the Two True Freaks Facebook page. I'm going to say that again. I just got all, like, frothy. (laughs) As always, we would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, or on the Two True Freaks Facebook page. This week, our feedback comes from the Two True Freaks Facebook page for our episode, my favorite episode of The Siege of Mandalore. And I was actually surprised we only had, like, one comment, because I love this fucking episode, The Phantom Apprentice. Which I feel in my bones. <laughs> feel it. All right. Well, this uh, <laughs> this one comes from Paul C. Kelly. Yeah. Right down to the bone. I remember Paul C. Kelly, bad to the bone. I remember the first time seeing this, I was not expecting Maul to be able to foresee the betrayal of the Jedi and being chosen by Sidious as a new apprentice. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, nobody believed him. LOL. Uh, no, 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 no. Ahsoka has uh, sass with Maul, this one. Uh, no, 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 no. Going to get darker and sadder from here. Oh, no. Alright, that's our one letter for this week. That's what I was like. Thorough good there for you guys. Yeah. There was actually a much longer conversation, but it was just me realizing because, like, I, I misread SAS and I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about here. And then you I was thought like, it oh. was a, a, a abbreviation for something? Yeah, I thought because it, it was just I, I thought like my brain went to like, is this like an aviation abbreviation? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> it was just like me trying to clarify what, what Paul was saying. And then I was like, oh, no, it's SAS. He's saying SAS. He's sassy. What would you like to eat this week? Candy time. So many. Everything's Twixy and Kit Katty, it seems. I'm so excited because I'm not on my prescription mouthwash anymore, so I can, so like... You can, so you can taste it? Yeah. That's good that you can taste stuff because it's pizza day. It was. What do you want to eat? Actually, there's a Ween song that, that uh, one of the lyrics is Tuesday is pizza day. What's uh, your uh, salty caramel Twix? Oh my fucking god! You want to do it? There's also there's a there's a cookie dough cookie dough Kit Kat. Uh, chocolate. Do I have a cookie? Say what? Ulka Cicolatari. There's an Ulka Albany too. There's a. It's in, that's some Greek there. I can't even. Oh wow, that is. Um, choose something. Um, I want to go for the coconut. Coconut. Although it doesn't look like it's coconut. It looks like it's that means chocolate and nuts. It looks like it's hazelnut. Oh, I found it. I found it. Okay. Well, if you don't know what we're doing and why we're rummaging through candy. Chris hates American Kit Kats because he's a big old weirdo, 
And our friend Dario, who is Chris's co-podcaster from For Eat and Beat It, sends us candy from all over the world to review. And this week we're doing the Oko Coconut, uh, and this is from Turkey. I know that that's not how you pronounce that seed. <laughs> Ooh, it's, <laughs> a lu- it's a lumpy turd of a candy bar. Gotta get mine open. Oh. Mm. Light, waffery, and hazelnutty. All right, oh. here we go. Oh, this is delicious. Oh, my God. Mm. You know, it's, it's, not a, as, it's not as sweet as I thought it was going to be. No, it's very it's very light. Oh, man. Oh. Wow. Good job, Turkey. Mmm. It's very rich. That's a very rich flavor. Mmm. We're trying to figure out, like, was there a hazelnut, like, between the wafers? Well, maybe the hazelnut is in the in the chocolate around the wafer. Because mm. hazelnut's not really... Hazelnut, almost like when you chip it up, it's almost like a wafer itself. Mm-hmm. Because there's also nuts in it, too. Oh, man. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, mm. Mm, mm, mm. It's good. <laughs> it kind of gets Dario. better as you go along. Oh my god. Fuck Dario. Not like fuck Dario. Like holy fuck Dario. Not fuck Dario. Your wife fucks you. Please don't fuck me. And I won't fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> well this just got awkward. You're very lovely Dario. But I don't like you like that. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> This mm, is what happens right, when you give people chocolate, man. That's basically mm. what's going on. Mm. Mm. I'm sorry. I, I'm having an emotional fit. Uh, uh, sorry, man. Chocolate like this just turns the mind to sex. It's just got to. That's why our show is Eat It and Beat It. Mm-hmm. Which you can also hear on the Two Tropics Network that Chris does with Dario. All right. Well, we have an announcement. You ready? It's announcement time. So uh, for next week, um, we are we have a slew of guests for Resistance. I'm very excited. We're having our first guest next week, and he I'm I'm so excited about him because he's just honestly one of the smartest people I've ever met. And I haven't talked to him like physically since God, Dragon Con two years ago, because thanks thanks COVID cancel dragon con last year um so next week on our show we're gonna have suara ahmed from the middle geeks podcast he also does into the spider cast podcast which is a spider-man podcast and he also writes for but why though network um and he is just i'm i'm so excited about him because he is just so eloquent he talks a lot about mina representation um because he's also middle eastern and I'm just like super, super excited to have his input and to talk about him. And he chose next week's episode. And I know he's a huge Resistance fan. Um, that's actually how we met and bonded. We met at um, the Di- Star uh, Diversity in Star Wars podcast. And like he got up there and asked a question about Resistance. And I was literally standing behind him going to ask a very similar question about Resistance. And we just had this moment of just like, hey, we met over Resistance. <laughs> So I am so excited to talk with him next week. And so come back next week. Um, we're going to be here chatting with Suara Ahmed from the Middle Geeks and Into the Spider Cast podcast. And check out his shows, too. He's so lovely. All right. Well, 
Where can people find you, Chris? I'm going to eat the, the rest of this I'm candy. Still, I'm still chewing it. I'm just, I'm on my last mouthful of it. You can find oh. me. I'm going to finish this. At twotruefreaks.com. That's our podcast website. Where you can find all our delicious podcasts. You can sign up for the RSS feed there or on iTunes. You can also find us on Facebook with the Two True Freaks podcast page and the Two True Freaks Cantina page. Sort of self-explanatory. Then if you're feeling really adventuresome and you want to go into the hinterland wilds of the internet, you can go to Twitter and look up Two True Freaks. And then you will find our Two True Freaks page where we paste all our post podcasts up. Mm, I can't even do two two alliteration letters in a row. Um, and that is run by the legendary Gene Gene, the Twitter machine. I'm sorry, I'm in like a chocolate fugue from that that uh, candy bar. I just <laughs> wolfed that down. It was so delicious. I know, like I, I was still like right when you were like, it's time for Gene. I'm like, I'm swallowing. <laughs> The sweet thing is, is two more of those candy bars in there are by the same company, so maybe they'll be equally as delectable. Hmm. All right. You, you still there? Mm-hmm. Sorry. I have a little hazelnut down my tooth hole. <laughs> Because uh, that that tooth that I got pulled is still healing, so there's still a bit of a divot there. I'm trying to like mm. dig it out. It's very awkward. Y- you can leave that in. You know, people talking about my moist my moist tooth hole. Moist. <laughs> it's where you store snacks for later. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, uh, my, 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 boy, my boyfriend in college used to say that, like, where I'd be like, honey, you get something in your teeth. He's like, it's a snack for later. <laughs> Jesus. He used to say that. So, uh, I wonder how he's doing. He's a nice guy. Um, <clears throat> anyway, you can find me at Jagos and Jedi on Twitter. I run our Twitter account. You can also find me at Hope Molinax on Twitter. I have my website, geekgirlexperience.com, where I've actually been writing um, reviews of, like, the High Republic books. Um, I just finished Into the Dark. I haven't written the review yet on it, but I plan on doing it because I just finished it last night. I just haven't gotten around to it. Um, And Chris and I also do another podcast called Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons, where we talk about animated shows that I make Chris watch. And we are finishing up Gravity Falls at the moment, and then we're going to be starting Avatar The Last Airbender, which Chris is going to watch for the first time. I I was thinking about Avatar the other day, and I was just thinking about, like, so many just kind of, like, like society jokes has come from that. And I'm wondering how many, like, when you get there, you're just going to be like, oh, that's where that came from. Maybe. Well, I, I think the biggest one is the bossing say. Um, I like Julie from Bossing say, and I think the moment you see her, you're gonna be like, oh, because that's probably the most used meme from a- Avatar. I, mean, I was just, I was just thinking about little things that I think you're just gonna really like. I'm so excited to talk Avatar. I'm really looking forward to it. Well, we gotta finish Gravity Falls first, and at the time, we'll be getting close to getting done. You're gonna be, oh my gosh, we're almost at the three-part finale for Crab Gravity Falls, and yeah. I'm very excited for you. So, but you can check that out at Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons, uh, and also just a little thing, guys. You know, 
it's really nice when we get like Apple reviews and stuff. It helps people find the show. So if you want to go over on Apple Podcasts for either this show or Hoping for Watch Cartoons, write us a little review. It helps people find the show. And if you like us and you haven't left us a review, do so and rate us. And if you leave a mean review, send it to Chris, not me. I'll cry. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, did you have anything else? No, I'm good. I think. All right, guys, come back next time. We'll talk more uh, re- of, well, I was about to say Rebels. We'll talk more Resistance, and next week we're going to have Suaro with us, and I'm super excited about that. And, yeah, it's going to be a fun week next week. So. Love when we have guests, yeah. I'm, I'm so excited. All right, bye, guys. Bye. I'm going to disgustingly just lick the chocolate off this wrapper now. Mmm, mmm, mmm. We should just leave this in. I haven't stopped recording yet. <laughs> you know me so well. Mm. It was so good, darling. So good. Mm. Okay, I'll stop being disgusting. Visit our website at two truefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T W O T R U E F R E A K S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Great, great, babe.